listening to Hope Alive, your number one online Christian radio station. And we just played you uh, the late prophet Nazi Mujahofa. Before that, we also played his song, Sineng Naba. And we are joined by his beautiful and lovely wife. <laughs> good evening, Mama. How are you? Um, I'm good. I'm great. Thank you. God is good. Um, thank you so much for having me here. Um, this is my first time here live, actually. I think I've done an interview online before some time ago, and I came again with my son. And uh, I'm excited to be here, especially uh, on Women's Month. <laughs> my heart is on the other side at the <laughs> conference, but it's okay. It's okay. I'm here. I'm, for, I'm here for you today. I'm here for you today. So, yes, um, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. We thank God for that. Um, you know, um, I believe that this is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. And God has predestined and ordained you to be here on this specific day even if you're not that other side <laughs> you were meant to be yeah amen amen his other perfect plans yeah his, his plans are perfect his love is perfect his ways are perfect his timing is perfect so at the encounter uh, of god everything is perfected irrespective mm. of what you go through at any particular time once you encounter god perfection of the way mm. amazing stuff i mean it's the month of women and what better way than to celebrate it with women who are just doing great for the kingdom of god so thank you for honoring the invite and i hope that you enjoy your time here at hope life <laughs> i will i will it's a decision i will <laughs> <laughs> so tonight we are embarking on um enduring pain in adversity and also women rise up because we are to empower women in such a season so that they be rooted and seasoned you know this is their month may women take authority may women just raise the flag of jesus christ so um just in 2019 you lost your husband and before that you were taking care of him you know yes. mm. and to because I, I I met you in 2019 and I was like this woman is she crazy like <laughs> why what manner of of greatness is this because the way you were speaking it was not like you are in pain you know you were speaking so seasoned and glorifying God even through that situation so how was that for you to be in 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 great pain of having to to take care of your husband, saving your husband, taking care of your family as well. And the same time, you have to take care of the church. How is that for you? <laughs> oh, wow. You know, um, I, I, I can relate with the, with the unbelievability, if there's a word like mm. that, with the unbelievability of the whole uh, experience. And, um, yeah, I do, I do remember being watched as, as maybe someone who is not in their right mind, uh, maybe someone who is going to crack at any point, mm. you know. And um, it is amazing that um, we believe God. Mm. And then when God does the unbelievable, then we do not believe. Mm. Uh, the Bible tells us that God gives us peace that passes all understanding. And when the peace passes all understanding, then we do not understand. Mm. It's like, then what is the point of the peace? It is not peace that is within the understanding of man, mm. but it is peace that is beyond the understanding of man. And, and, and that is who God is, because at the end of the day, God is spirit, meaning God is supernatural. Yeah. So if we are going to limit our experiences of God and limit those experiences to our physicality, then we have not yet experienced God. Mm. So yes, the time was difficult, but I think, you know, what kept me standing and what kept me going was, number one, not focusing on me, mm. because none of it was about me. You know, Nay's illness was not about me. Mm. My support and care of him was not about me. My serving the church and enabling them to stand through that time, it was not about me. It was about the God, the agenda of God continuing to happen through that time. Mm. And, 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 you know, so I was, I was precisely at that time where, you know, I was going through peace that passes beyond understanding. And unfortunately mm. for many of us, um, when the moment we failed to understand, we could not understand. But yeah. that is the whole point, that when God comes in, he supersedes the understanding of man. Mm. But I must say that, um, you know, pain, loss, grief of any kind 
is not a child's play. Mm. It is not a journey for babies. Yeah. You know, people often people will ask me, how do you do it? How are you standing? I'm mm. like, you know what? It is hard. I, I don't deny that. It mm. is hard. It is not a journey for babies. But God is the one who makes all the difference. You know, when you encounter God, anything that is not God loses its desperation to be. Mm. You see, our problem is that as we believe God and as we relate with God, we tend to have um, this problem of, of thinking that this is just like an interpersonal thing. It's like an interpersonal yeah. interaction. It is like God is here to help me to be me, mm. as if he is an assistant, as if he comes when I need him. And to be quite honest with you, that is a very manipulative relationship with God. Mm. The unfortunate thing about our life as human beings is that we are spirit and we live in a body. That is what that is who you are. Mm. You are not just Kamu, you are not just the person that I see. You live here. So our question and uh, you know our quest in life should be then who am I? Who is this person? Mm. Who is this spirit person that is living in mm. this body? So unfortunately, because the body is used as an agent to house the spirit that mm. we are, that is the spirit that God breathed into us. Um, you know, we experience life through the physicality. Yeah. We navigate life through the physicality. When you look at the activities of the world, almost all the activities of the world, economic and otherwise, they tend to function and they tend to be developed and grow, trying to do what? Trying to take care of their body. Yeah. Imagine the amount of money that we spend on the, on health. What are we trying to do? We're trying to take care of the, the body. body. Mm. The amount of money that we have that, that that we use for instance uh, to build our houses the property the businesses the clothing the, the the food industry think about all the economic the eco the economic activities of the world what are they trying to serve they are trying to serve the body and mm. yet the body exists for the sake of yeah. the spirit mm. that lives in the body mm. so you know my latest message at this point is uh, you know in anything that you experience in the body specifically or more importantly the negative experiences mm. as you experience a negative experience in the body don't just end there yeah. but go a step further and say if i am experiencing pain in the physical what exactly is happening in the spirit? Because mm. I am spirit. So if I am experiencing joy in the physical, that makes me feel I am okay, I have arrived, mm. I am in. What exactly is the agenda of the spirit? Because remember, mm. I am spirit living in, in this body. Mm. So that is my story really. And 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 that is how I navigated that time. It was it was not easy, mm. and 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 uh, you know I am learning a lot uh, yeah. about navigating grief. You mm. know uh, because especially because we don't talk much about our pain. You know yeah. we avoid pain. Why? Because we feel there is something wrong with it. Mm. We cry because we feel it is not supposed to be happening. It is not supposed to yeah. be me. I'm not sitting here and saying I'm embracing the fact that I lost my husband. I'm embracing and yeah. I'm excited about the mm. fact that we don't have a pastor. Our, my children don't have a father. No, mm. no, no. But the, 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 the truth is, you know, any form of worry, any form of pain, any form of an unwanted situation, what does it say? It says that what is here in front of you is not what is desirable to you. Mm. So the best way to be able to deal with it is to do what? Is to modify the things that you desire in the way that you see what is in front of you because what is in front of you is not going to change. Mm. 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 That's so mouthful because I also believe that in that particular situation whereby you had to um, survive or go through that process, um, you lost your husband and yes. you also had to take care of the church yes. because now you are the le leading woman of God in, yes. in, in your church mm. in Pretoria, yeah. Yeah, in Centurion. Centurion. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So um, I think I also believe that that process that you went through was preparing you for that because if you did not go through that, you were not going to be able to handle what you are handling now. Precisely, precisely. But even before we got to that point, mm -hmm. um. It was the foundation mm. that was laid long before yeah. we knew that Prophet Nehemiah was going to be ill, mm. long before he passed away. 
Mm. I served in my local church. I often made an example that, mm. you know what, I was not just sitting there as his wife. Yeah. You know, uh, fortunately for us, right from the beginning, when the church was founded, it was very clear that we were the co-founders. Mm. But I can tell you now that as we are uh, celebrating Women's Month especially, in our society there's nothing like that. Mm. Patriarchy is there through and through. Mm. We see patriarchy in the Bible. We see mm. patriarchy in politics. We see patriarchy everywhere. So you find yourself that, you know, even in a situation where people saw you serve, unequivocally mm. going yeah. all out. Once you are there and you are the woman in front, you find yourself having to prove yourself a million times more than your male counterpart. Yeah. I can tell you now that had I been the person who passed away and the prophet left behind, some people would still be at church. Mm. Had I been the one who passed away and the prophet left behind, some things would, would be happening at, in a different light. Yeah. But because I'm a woman, I'm not speaking against my church by any means. Yeah. But I am saying that as a woman, unfortunately, it becomes even more difficult to push certain agendas. Mm. But back to the issue of the foundation, and my foundation was the fact that I served in that church. Mm. And I was not serving because uh, because I was the pastor's wife. Yeah. But I was serving because church for me, my local church, was a place where I encounter God. Mm. I remember many years ago, uh, I was part of an interview that was speaking about um, the the uh, pastor's wives, you know, mm. the experiences of being a pastor's wife, how do you handle a situation, for instance, where you've been uh, uh, arguing over something and then you have to go to church mm. and then the next thing, you know, the pastor has to do this stand up my wife thing and you know <laughs> that you are so angry about mm. so many things. And my answer, which was my experience at that time, which continued to be my experience, was the fact that, you know what, the moment I decide I am going into the house of the Lord, that is about God, and yeah. it stops being about my mm. husband. I, in my Christian walk, I was so determined mm. uh, about the fact that there is nothing that is going to separate me from the love of God, including my husband, Come even on. if he is a pastor. Yeah. Now, one of my favorite uh, topics and studies in this life is the study of fine lines because there are very subtle differences mm. between things and one of them is what i am telling you about now you know to say that nothing is going to separate me from the love of god mm. that does not mean that i therefore go to church and then become disobedient mm. to my husband just because mm. i am saying you know what he does not have a space between me and god it mm. does not have to work that way but servanthood so when i took over really i when i continued even while he was ill, I did so out of servanthood. Remember yeah. that a couple of years before he passed away, he became very busy. Mm. And that meant, that meant practically he did not spend much time at his and local yeah, church. Yeah. And I was there, you know, mm. and I was there and I continued to serve. And my attitude really was, you know, the issue of serving. So even at that particular time, um, you know, um, the important thing was just serving God. The important thing was just focusing on God, saying, what is it that God is doing in this place, you know? And um, I, I remember actually even a couple of years before that, mm -hmm. you know, one of the things that helped me stand as the pastor's wife and, mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, enabled me to serve at that level was the idea of that, you know, you, there's no way you can do this, for instance, yeah. if you are entertaining failure. There's no way that you can leave your comfort zone and leave everything and come and serve God's people in this mm. setting if you do not, if you are not a hundred percent convicted that you know what, hell or high water, this is working. And that is what serving God is about. It is not something that you do when you get around doing it. It's not a convenience thing. It is something that you do as you put everything aside and actively decide to make God a priority. It is not about convenience. It is not about you wanting God to do certain things for you. Mm. You know, one of um, the things that trouble me uh, among us as Christians is that this is what we tend to do. The things that speak to our instability, you know, in our relationship with God, in our fellowship, in our participation, in our, in our local churches are two things. One, when things are going well, we tend to be 
good with ourselves and mm. what we do, we disappear from church. Yeah. And on the other hand, when things are going badly, we also tend to feel that God seems not to be to doing be things my way and we disappear. So that leaves a very narrow margin mm. of our capacity to commit to God because most of your life will mm. either be full of challenges or will be full of excitement. And if we're the kind of people who are not going to commit because we are challenged and who are not going to commit because we are excited, we are we, we left at very high risk. Mm. You know, that, that is one of my observations um, about life. Come on, what a seasoned woman you are. And um, I'm so happy that you are here. Um, the Bible speaks about in, in, in the book of Leviticus 11 from verse 43 to 45 that be holy for I am holy. Yes. So what is your importance of responding to holiness? Because above everything, above God calling you as a prophetess, above God calling you as a doctor or a mother, he called you to be holy. Yes. So what's the importance of responding to that nature? The importance of holiness is being set apart. Mm. The importance of holiness is about being. Yeah. You know, when, when the Bible says that be holy for I am holy, unfortunately men of, many of us approach that scripture with a very judgmental attitude. Mm. Already we have judged ourselves. Already we are looking at our wrongs. Already we're thinking that I cannot do this. And it is so true mm. that nobody can accomplish holiness by themselves. Yeah. But holiness is not about being spotless. Mm. But holiness is about being exclusive. Mm. About being set apart for God. That is what holiness is about. Mm. Because the Bible continues to tell us that in him we live, in him we move, in him we have our being. So, so um, you know, I, I remember mentioning this at church and, and getting a, a very interesting look <laughs> uh, from one of my church members when I said that uh, God is spirit. Life is about spirit. Mm. And anything that is in existence, that is not spirit, mm -hmm. is there for the sake of spirit. Mm. And that is very difficult to conceptualize mm. because we tend to see life through carnality, mm -hmm. through physicality. And that is, you know, also one of the problems that we have when we receive the word of not living in the flesh. Mm. When we think about flesh, we think about wrong, we think about mm. sins of the body, and, 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 and. And yet, when the Bible speaks about flesh, it speaks about this vessel that is there, that is being used for the sake of the expression mm. of God. So as I am here, everything that I pursue, all my aspirations and my dreams and everything, in the long run, all that is about God expressing himself. So holiness is about being in a way that enables God to express himself. You see, when we are expected or asked to be holy, when we are asked to submit ourselves to God, we tend to think that loss of self mm. or, 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 or making self secondary is a loss or it is a disadvantage. Mm. It is not a disadvantage, but yet, it, 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 but instead, it is what it is ultimate self actualization mm. because that is who you are meant yeah. to be to start off with. So holiness is about that to me. And you know, I find serving God such a privilege. It yeah. is such a beautiful privilege. It is not a glamour thing for me. It is not a position thing for me. But it is about a privilege of being able to get to any person that I encounter mm. and for them to at least have the slightest glimpse of who God is. That is what it is about. Mm. Come on, ma'am. That was so mouthful. I don't even know what to add from that. <laughs> because holiness literally it's our nature and when we are not living in holiness we are just disobedient to our true nature we are living lives which are not worthy of our calling um so thank you for that um you are a medical doctor by profession <laughs> yes <laughs> who's in psychiatry I, I bet people are asking doctor doctor for what yes 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 um, <laughs> yeah who's in psychiatry mm. and when we look at psych psychiatry it deals with the mind yes you know, so what would you challenge a woman out there who is suffering mental illness? Not in terms of, um, you know, people normally like saying, "Oh, when a person is mentally ill, mm -hmm. they are they are sick." Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. you are 
in you are disorderly mm. but things such as depression things mm-hmm. such as anxiety they form into mental illness yes, yes, so a woman yes. that is out there facing depression what can you tell them because we are in a season whereby we are saying women rise up yes women come out yes. of that particular situation mm. take your cross and rise because mm. we are as you said that pa- um that um women are limited you know mm-hmm. even in ministry in mm. a lot of things mm-hmm. so mm. what can you say to a woman that is facing depression at this moment um first and foremost don't be afraid of the shame because mm. the, the key thing the key thing more than lack of knowledge there mm. is enough knowledge out there to be quite mm. honest with you but many of us are stuck in our corners we continue to suffer because of the shame. Mm. When you look at the experience of Jesus Christ as he was hanging on the cross, mm. the ultimate challenge that he had to face, the ultimate challenge that he had to deal with was shame. Yeah. E- e- everything had happened. Mm. You know, he had been bitten, his bones had been broken, he had lost a case in court, mm. his disciples, some of them were not even there anymore. Mm. The people who had benefited from his miracles were nowhere to be found. Mm. And, and, and a whole lot of things had been questioned, but the ultimate thing that he needed to face on the cross is the shame. And yet the Bible tells us, therefore, that Jesus, as he, 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 he triumphs over the cross, what did he despise? He despised its shame. Mm. So to the woman who is out there and you know that there is something that is not right in your mind, in your life, take care of it. Just rise with knowing that, you know what, there is no shame in this. Yeah. Mental illness does not define you. Sometimes when people have even come to us Mm. and we say these are the solutions, these are the interventions, people are scared to take those solutions. Why? Because they think that those solutions are defining them. No, no, no. Mm. Those solutions are there to serve you Mm. and not to define you. So this is where we start. We start by doing away with the shame. Mm. That is number one. Number two, don't run away from it. There's nothing you can do without your mind. So don't run away from your mind. Have a relationship with your mind. Mm. Have a daily relationship with your mind. I'm not only speaking to someone now who already has an anxiety problem, a depression problem. I'm talking to you and I who are well. Yeah. The more you have a good relationship with your mind, the better your life is. Yeah. At a personal level, on a day-to-day basis, I don't walk into a day that I am not mentally prepared for. Mm. If my mind is not in it, if my mind is not telling me that I can do this, I'd rather sit even if it's, 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 a, it's a moment, a few minutes, to make sure that I collect myself in the mind mm. first before I go out there. So that is very important. Your relationship with your mind, invest in your mind. Mm. Take care of your mind. As women, we are expected to take care of everyone else Mm -hmm. except for ourselves, you know? Everyone else except for ourselves. And, you know, we tend to think that uh, self-care is a a reward, Mm -hmm. you know? But self-care is not a reward. It is a prerequisite. Mm. This is where you start. You fill your own well until it overflows. And then out of the overflow, you serve everyone else. Have you seen a fountain or a saucer? When a saucer is is full of tea, Mm. it goes to overflow. Mm. Anyone who drinks from this saucer, who drinks from the overflow, is not going to deplete what is in the cup. Mm. That is what you do. Your love, your faith, your prayers, everything that is yours, you fill yourself until you overflow. Mm. Serve everyone else from the overflow. Because mm. if you, the, what is in the cup is yours. Yeah. And what overflows out of you is for others. Mm. You know, And it is not a selfish thing, but rather it is a prerequisite. You start from you and then you serve others as well. Because mm. if you do it the other way around, that is when you are going to be depleted. Mm. So no shame. The issue with mental health is stigma my dear it Mm. is you know the stigma is so bad even at executive levels in health we find ourselves having to fight extra hard if you look at for instance you know a hospital setting and um, you will find that there are there are hierarchies up there Mm. there are you know the neurosurgeons the cardiologists the people who work with big equipment mm. and stuff like that. When they ask for something, it comes like that. You come with mental health, no one is interested. If 
happen at that level. Mm. So there is a lot of advocacy that we need when it comes to mental health. And another thing, look at yourself in totality. Mm. Look at your mind in totality. I often even encourage this uh, when I talk to, when I train my junior doctors to say, you don't just say just because a, pers a person is psychotic, then that's the end. Mm. You know, the fact that they are hearing voices in their head or whatever, or something is happening at that time, it does not necessarily mean they are not intelligent anymore. Come on. I was mm. in a situation yeah. some years ago when I treated a patient with bipolar mood disorder who ended up helping us with our taxes. Mm. He was a BCom student and he was not, uh, he was, he had not lost his capacity to think mm. just because his mood was bad. Mm. You understand? So when you come to that person, and, and as you look at that person and as you look at yourself dealing with your mm. mind, look at yourself in totality. Understand mm. that this is just an aspect of my life and mm. it does not mean that everything else is, is all lost. It does mm. not mean that hope is lost just because there's an aspect of my life. If it is anxiety, it's, it's, it's just anxiety. You still are a gifted woman. Mm. You still have your gifts. Mm. You know, you still can take care of your family. So don't just find yourself throwing everything else with the mental illness just because there is that mental is mm. mental illnesses are things that can be taken care of we serve you so that you go out there and live your best life and living your best life is not a, 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 a situational thing it is an active decision when i came here you asked me how am i and i said i was great and god is good mm. that was a decision it's not a situational yeah. thing if i can come and show you the situations mm. in in my life right now mm. you would be convinced when i say and you would quite well understand when i say things are not good yeah. but i don't go according to my emotions and my state mm. i actively make a decision so, you know, women, uh, especially, we are people uh, of emotions, yeah. you know. And as we are people of emotions, it becomes very important that with the emotion that comes, you then come up with a higher thought as to what mm. is it that you think about this emotion. Mm. When the emotion has come, don't just flow with the emotion. Don't be paced and be directed by the emotion. Stand mm. back and ask yourself, what is it that I think about this emotion? Is mm. it serving me the way that I want? And if it is not serving you, you have the permission to say yes and to say no, no to, to the things that are happening inside of you. So mental health is, is mm. really exciting. And at the end of the day, your life is about your mind. This is why the Bible tells us that as we meet Jesus, as we walk by faith, what do we do? We renew our mind. And when you renew your mind, it is then that you are able not to conform to the standards of this world. Mm. So it's all a mind thing and it is an inside job. It is an inside job. I love making the analogy and the example of an inside job. Work on the inside. Work yeah. on the inner man. I love making the analogy of an inside job. If you see like a crime statistic or a crime scene, or for instance, let's say it's a bank robbery or something. Sometimes they will talk about a crime that has been committed where, 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 and then they will say uh, and the police are investigating and as the police are investigating then they will say, you know, the suspects are one, two, three, but at some point they will say, or maybe in a different story they will say it looks like it was an inside job you know what that means that means that it looks like somebody who did this had all the information mm. and what is important about an inside job what is it that makes an inside job stand out an inside job stands out because the person who participates leaves no room for error mm -hmm. why don't they ro leave room for error because they are on the inside yeah. they know the nitty-gritties of everything that is happening so most of the times when those crimes are committed they are clean mm -hmm. why because it is an inside job so when it comes to your life and my life everything that is out there is secondary man the mm. primary thing is what is happening on the inside mm. perfect the inside job and everything that is out there is going to conform to the inside job mm. come on ma'am because you know what you're speaking um when you made um a description about the world and having to feel you yes know? um i was talking with a friend earlier on that yes. um um, I feel so wary, and it's something that she's, she was also experiencing because we always come through for people. We always help people. Uh -huh. But at the same time, we are not recharging ourselves. Yes. We are not focusing on our needs because mm -hmm. we put people first. And like you said, it's not selfish sometimes to put yourself first mm -hmm. because mm. there's no way I can pour something unto you whereas I'm empty. empty. So exactly. I can't 
pour from an empty well. That's empty why well. it's important that you are supposed to be filled and overflow. And it's it's the same with anointing. Yes. Because there's no way anointing can overflow to somebody else if you yourself personally are dry. Yes. Um. So thank you so much for that. And true, I think true, true. You know, I you know even even at a, at a, at a, at a at a, at a ministry level, mm. I do not go to minister to someone something that the Holy Spirit has not ministered to me. Mm. Always say, Lord, mm. feed me first. Mm. Then I will feed your people mm. based on what you have fed me. Mm. It all starts on the inside. Mm. It all starts. On, and you know, the unfortunate thing is that if once you do that, you get used to it. Mm. And you lose your authenticity in the picture. Yeah. You lose your authenticity in the process. Mm. You know, so it is all about you. It is all about you at the end of the day. Mm. Yeah. It starts so with true. you. It starts with you and then you serve from your overflow. Mm. So how do we empower women and elevate women as the church? Because the church is focused more on the male mates, on the male servant rather than woman. Mm-hmm. Mm. So how do we empower women in ministry? Empowering women in ministry starts, starts with... Uh, Start with day-to-day things. Mm. You know, one of the things that I encourage uh, in my in my in my church, for instance, is is the fact that uh, you know, refuse to be a bench warmer. Mm. Don't allow yourself to be a bench warmer. Don't just get to church and sit and do nothing. Mm. Get involved. Do something. Mm. So that is where it starts. It starts with us embracing one another and making sure that women do something. Mm. You know, one of the challenges that I have, and I'm speaking now. Also, you know, as a church leader, yeah. is the fact that um, in churches, unfortunately, we measure our success by very superficial things. Mm. And as we are desperate for success, we end up conforming to the things that are going to manipulate the people. Mm. You know, and again, like I said, one of my uh, uh, topics that are very close to my heart is the issue of very thin. You know, um, we will create an entertainment setting mm. in a church because we want people to come and attend. Yeah. You know, I, I, I spoke very honestly at my local church. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to sit with my executive and then start wondering how are we going to make sure that people come to church because mm. it starts there. Mm. And as it starts there, then we start saying, maybe let's create something that is in, uh, in interesting. Mm. Maybe let's invite someone. There are very fine lines mm. between you inviting some celebrity to your church because you want to pull a crowd mm. and you inviting some celebrity to your church because they have something truly to give to your church. Mm. So it starts with authenticity. Mm. It starts with, uh, you know, being, being, being there for one another at the simplest, simplest levels mm. and allowing people uh, to get involved, but most importantly, feeding them with the word. Yeah. The harvest belongs to God. Mm. We can only do so much. So really our most uh, important priority is to say, Holy Spirit, having done whatever I can, mm. whether it is a phone call, whether it is a counseling session, you are the one who does the work. Yeah. But but we, we must just not, um, you know, um, Dis- discourage ourselves or minimize ourselves. You know, it's important that every time we speak about the value of a woman within the church. Mm. M- my personal testimony is the first book of Genesis. And I often say that, you know what, that when the Bible says, and so God created men, male and female, female that end, the enemy should not have put that end there. Mm. If, if anyone was against me, they should not have put that in there. The fact that the Bible says, and female, and no one is going to tell me. The Bible says, and I am included there. I don't care what patriarchy says in South Africa. I don't care what patriarchy said in the time of Abraham. I am there as well. So it is important for us to show uh, ourselves and to show one another as women how important we are, Mm. you know, in the agenda of God. That I'm created by God as well. Mm. Life comes from God, my dear. Mm. I did not put myself here. Mm. I found myself here in this age, in this time, as a female. And the giver of life is the one who has to account for the gifts that I have been given. For me, as soon as I have been given the gifts, I'm running with them. I am running with them. I am not asking for permission from anyone. Mm. Quite interestingly, 
you know, even in my marriage life. You know, there were times when, uh, you know, my husband would say something, maybe out of being protective, mm. maybe out of being joking, or maybe sometimes out of, you know, not believing that I can pull this. And I got to a point where I realized that, you know what, without being rude, without, without um, you know, sounding like I am not submissive, I'm the one who decides what I'm capable of. Mm. So even when they have told you, no, 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 you can't do this, I'm the one who decides. I will say, yes, yes, it's nice, but... In my mind, I know what is it that I can do. I know what is it that I cannot do. Mm -hmm. I often say that diplomacy, they say diplomacy is when you tell someone to go to hell and they look forward to the trip. Mm. And that is another thing that we <laughs> tend to do against ourselves as mm. females. Whenever we want to prove ourselves, we want to be equal to men. Yeah. We want to fight at their level. You can't fight at their mm. level because we are not the same. Exactly. I'm not saying that they are superior, mm. but you know what? You use your gifts that you have been gifted with. Mm. And as you use the gifts that you have been gifted with, this is how you go out there and beat them in their own game. Mm. Yeah, because there's no way the head can function without the neck. So, um, you know, I've realized that many times as women, we want to seek validation from men. Yes. We want to validate mm -hmm. ourselves mm. with men. Mm. If a man does not tell you that you are pretty, yes. you don't think that you are pretty. Uh -huh. So what's the importance <coughs> of being Christ-validated and self-validated and not needing um, any validation from a male person? It cr being Christ-validated is everything. Yeah, It is everything. Being Christ-validated is everything. There's a book that is written by the late Dr. Miles Monroe, the mm. title of the book is Single, Married, Separated, and Life After Divorce. Mm. Um, when I looked at that book, I was like, okay, I don't think I have much to do with this book, but I decided to read that book. Mm. And the core message of that book is the completeness of a human being. Mm. The completeness of a human being. I, I stand as, as, a, as a testimony, and one of my personal testimonies is the fact that I made a success of my marriage, not out of the marriage, but out of my personal relationship with myself. Mm. Because I brought myself in, and I brought myself in complete. Mm. I was not waiting to be completed. Mm. I know that it sounds romantic in the movies when people do make <laughs> vows and they say, you complete me. Mm. There's nothing like that. Umtanabantu has no capacity to complete you. Mm. It is not their responsibility. Mm. And this is where, uh, when we come into issues of relationships and marriages, that's, that's where we find our, ourselves being frustrated because what do we do? We look at capacity and we measure capacity with the eyes of will. Yeah. What am I saying? If mm. your partner or whatever male in your life is not capable mm. of validating you, you mm. take it as if they are not willing to validate you. Mm. Whereas it is not that they are not willing, but they do not have the capacity. Mm. But at the end of the day, you come into a relationship and you, you view yourself first as an individual, as a complete individual. You know, when I walked down the aisle 20-something years ago, I walked down the aisle as a beautiful bride, and I knew in my heart that, you know what? This is not a must. Mm. I walked with that mentality. Not that I didn't want to get married, but it, it was a way of me understanding that I am coming in this being completed by God. Mm. So when I came to my husband's life, I brought a package that was complete, not by my education or my background or my privileges, mm. but by God. God. And that is what kept me and most importantly, that is what actually enabled me to serve him as well, out mm. of that completeness. Mm. So it is not a mutually exclusive thing, but you need to understand that you are complete the way that you are. Because you see, if um, we are going to fail to see ourselves as complete from the premise and from the perspective of God, no matter how much the poor man can try to make you feel good, if it does not come from you, you're not going to believe it. What mm. do you do about that then? Mm. Mm. Wow, that's super mouthful because we tend to seek validation whereas it's not needed. I mean, when you are Christ-validated already, that's completeness. You are already complete. You are complete in God. Mm, yes, That's mm. so true. And there's no way that you can try to share 
a part of yourself if you're not complete in him. Because if you try and do so, you are just embarking into danger. Yes. And that's why you ought to seek um, people's validations and stuff. What can you say to a young woman who's seeking to have a relationship with God? The importance of them having a relationship with God. Because I believe that it's something that you are also pouring out to your girl children. Um, your yes. Yeah. Um, mm. So they need to have a set of an example of a woman that you are and even be greater than you. Mm -hmm. So what can you say to someone who's um, seeking to have a relationship with God, a relationship of overflow, that mm -hmm. they be seasoned? Relationship with God is, is about your being. It is not about mm. your resources. Mm. Your, your complete sense of being is in God. So as you seek a relationship with God, because we tend to find ourselves seeking a relationship with God because there are particular things that we want. We want. Mm. It's not about the things that you want. It is about who you are. Mm. There is nowhere that you can be the mm. better than being in God. So seeking a relationship with God is about finding who you are. Mm. It is about becoming the person that you were meant to be. Um, you know, attitudes of uh, jealousy, attitude of being discontent, mm. they don't come from what other people have. Mm. They come from what we do not have from within. You know, so as as a young person seeks seeks their relationship with God and and they seek to get closer to God, it is all about as you discover God, you discover you. Yeah, your greatest life will be lived in God, mm. not out of any other form of desperation, but because that is where you are meant to be. Mm. Anything that is in existence is existed because there was a purpose for it. Yeah. Anything created is because there is a purpose for it. And when it comes to you and I, as human beings, our purpose is in God. The person who created this phone had a particular purpose for the phone. Mm. It started with the blueprint. It started with the idea. So by the time they bring this together, it is because they have an idea of what this should be, of what it should be like, of what it should accomplish. Same with us. The blueprint and the idea and the originality comes from God. Mm. So it really is about saying, why am I here? When we seek a relationship with God, it takes us to the reason for being. Mm, amazing stuff. So um, how do you keep yourself seasoned um, in terms of dwelling in the word of God? And um, do you always hear the word of God when you when you read or get revelations and stuff? Because I was speaking about this previously that um, there was a certain man of God who said that, um, you know, sometimes when you feel weary and feel like ah, I can't read the word mm -hmm. and he mentioned that even, let's say you take a banana and you eat it, even though you are not enjoying the taste, mm -hmm. there is something that is doing to your body. Yes. There's a certain vitamin that is that adding is to your body. Precisely, yeah. yes. So how do you um, um, relate that with the word of God, that even if, <laughs> as a woman, you're like, oh, I don't feel like reading my Bible, the importance of reading the word of God, digesting, because you, you vomit what you feed on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what comes of your come out of your speech is what you have eaten. Yes. So yes. how do you um, keep that consistency and how can you advise a woman out there to keep that consistency? The, the, the consistency, you know, and the diligence around the consistency, for me, it comes from being mindful mm. of the fact that today is all my life. Mm. So I go all out, mm. literally every day. Mm. You know, I may not have a Porsche, I may not live in an estate, <laughs> but I go all out because mm. this is all my life. This mm. is all that I have. So that is where it starts. So as I go to the word of God, one of the things that causes us to say, no, I, 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 feel, I don't feel like reading today, mm. is because you're telling yourself and you're deluding yourself into mm. thinking that you'll have an opportunity to do so tomorrow. Mm. I'm not saying that we should live out of anxiety yeah. of the fact that things will not happen, but mm. you must live out of wanting to live a full life every day day. Mm. It's about wanting to live your full life every day and as you live your full life every day th th then you are driven to do such things. So for mm. me, one of the life techniques uh, that I that I engage in is what I call a personal retreat. Yeah. I always make sure that I have a personal retreat every day. And the personal retreat involves me 
reading the word of God. Yes, of course, you know, sometimes the word of God, like you're saying, it's, 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 you, you're going to get to a chapter and it's going to talk about a, a, a war wherever <laughs> and it will talk about 3,000 men doing mm. this and this and you're kind of like thinking, but this, you know, this is sounding like someone who's taking a chance on a Hollywood movie, yeah. but they're not getting the script right. Mm. You know, that type of thing mm. and so and so, because so and so and so and so, because so and so is like, oh, Okay, Lord, <laughs> what exactly are we up to? But at the end of the day, mm. the Bible is Jesus mm. personified. It's Jesus personified. So everything in the word is going to take you to Jesus. Mm. So if you actively pray that, Lord, reveal yourself to me as I go into the word, the Lord will reveal himself to you. Mm. At this point of my life, I am highly convinced mm. that God speaks every time. Mm. Our problem is that we are not listening. Because yeah. even in situations like that where you kind of like, I can't, I am lazy. You know what the problem is? You are too focused on yourself. Mm. You are too focused on yourself. Even our pain, even our grief at times, even our brokenness, we stay mm. in it out of pride. A sense of pride, this thing of being overly focused on yourself. Yeah. This is how we define it. We define it as pride. Whereas if you allow yourself to say, you know what, I am living and let Christ live, then your life becomes different. This is why the Bible tells us it's no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. If we allow Christ to live in us as opposed to us living in ourselves, our life experience becomes totally, totally different. Let me tell you something um, that is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. You know, as I'm going through my personal grief journey and as I guide people through their grief journey, yeah. I got to a point when I realized that, you know, the pain that I am feeling, um, you know, about my husband's loss and many other problems that have mm. come after that, it is based on what I am feeling and what I am experiencing me, and what, and what I feel is about me. Mm. But mm. once I say, okay, it's no longer I who lives, Christ, Christ lives yeah. in me, then how different is that experience going to be for me? Mm. You know. So the more focused we are on ourselves, the more we deprive ourselves on the experience of God. Yeah. That's so true. That's that's truly true. Um, okay, since you spoke about, because earlier on you spoke about the spirit, you spoke about the importance of living in spirit and the yes. fact that our flesh is just a cover-up. Yes. So what, um, the Bible speaks about dying to self. Yes. So what's the importance of one to die to themselves so that they are not controlled by our body because our bodies are not supposed to be ruling us? It starts, it starts from awareness, you know? It really starts from from uh, from being aware of mm -hmm. that of of that concept or of that truth rather. Let me not call it the concept because when I call it the concept, then it's it's misnamed. Yeah. Of that truth and that and that is the fact that you you are you are not you, mm -hmm. uh, so to speak, but you are God's presence here. And as you are God's presence here, then. Um, you know, the, then the, the, the so-called you that they call you mm -hmm. is, is, is an agent mm. eh, of, of, of God's expression, you mm. know. So it, it really is about us being mindful of the fact that we are here to express God. That is, a, that is who we are because we are spirit. It is an ongoing journey for us to, you know, get to learn, to say, Lord, teach me the spirit that I am, yeah. you know, and understanding that every time the body is not, you know, the moment you say, I live in the body, mm. then start connecting that, who is the I? But the mm. moment you make your body reference to say, this is me, then that is where you get things wrong, mm. you know, and that is where you get the, you, you get the frustration. Yeah. So really, at the end of the day, it's, it's about you just being mindful of the fact that is more to this, mm. there's more to me. There's more to the now. There is more to this. And the moment you, you keep saying to yourself, there is more to this, then the Holy Spirit will lead you into discovering that what is more. And the Bible tells us mm. so as well as Jesus is teaching his disciples. He says there is more to life. There's yeah. more to life than the clothes. There's more to life than the shelter. There's more to life than the tangible things. And yet, mm. Tina, we come to God carrying that very same word. What are we saying? We want God to take care of the things 
that, that are tangible. Yeah. And then he says there's more to that. So, mm. you know, our, our, daily, our daily routine and our daily quest should be, Lord, lead me to more than this. What is more than this? What <laughs> is more than this? And the more you ask yourself that, the more you will realize the bigger picture. Mm, amen. Thank amen. you so much, Mel. Um, as we are wrapping it, <laughs> mm-hmm. because of the time, um, what can you say to, to, to women? What are your last sentiments and, and words to women? And also, as we are celebrating the month of women, to just empower and encourage women. As we're celebrating Women's Month, my ultimate message to women is seek God. Mm. Seek God. Go all out and seek God. The one guarantee that I have is that when you seek God, you do find him. You do find him. So it's important for us to go to the depth of our hearts and seek God from there. Mm -hmm. Because when we seek God, we do find him. Mm. Our problem is that we tend to seek for other things in the presence of God. That is where we get things wrong. And Mm. the primary thing should be not to seek God for the sake of things, not to seek God, not to seek for other things in the presence of God, but to seek God himself. So my ultimate message is seek God. You Mm. don't have to stand on a pedestal. You don't have to stand on a pulpit. You don't have to run a conference Mm. and do all these fancy things in the privacy of your space. Mm. Seek God. Seek God. God will never fail Mm. you. Seek God, and God is going to complete your life. Mm, thank you so much. That's so mouthful. And when you speak about seeking God for who he is and not for the things that he can offer, mm. I remember somebody once wrote something beautiful saying that we are all liars claiming to love God, whereas we des- we want him to do what our heart desires. Mm-hmm. So meaning that is not true love. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not seeking God to yeah. full. Um, to fulfillment that mm. is not seeking God wholly. Mm. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah. So um, thank you so much, Mama, for gracing us with your presence. And before you leave, <laughs> as this is um, the tradition of the station that we call to those that are desiring to 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 receive Christ, those yes. that are not born again, to be born again, can you uh, make a salvation prayer for us? <laughs> All right, okay, so to everyone who is uh, connecting with us at this time, if you are out there and you know that you have never uh, brought yourself to this point of establishing a relationship uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ, since your birth, the Lord Jesus has been looking for you. Mm. The Lord Jesus has done everything to ensure that he catches your attention so that you come to your rightful, you coming to your best self. So if you are there, out there, let us just pray together. I would like to encourage you to open your heart uh, today and you are going to pray together and say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for this opportunity that you have given me to give my life to you. Today, I believe that you are God. Today, I believe that you died for me and you rose from the dead and you are alive for my sake. Mm. So today, I give myself to you. I put the past behind me. I pray that you forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my unrighteousness. Help me, Lord God, to come to at this time of my life where I am a new creation. Today, I am forming a relationship with you. Today, I am giving myself to you. I pray that um, you um, establish your will in my life as it is done in heaven. I pray that at this time, you you cause me to become a new creation. The old is behind me and the newness is here. I give myself to you and I am making a commitment You are listening to Hope Alive, streaming live from Hope Restoration Ministries, Kempton Park, South Africa.